0: Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer series. Our mission is to assist you with creating more peace and tranquility in your life through anxiety release exercises and supportive tools created to slay your anxiety. Welcome to Anxiety Slayer. I'm Shan Vanderleek, here with my friend and slayer sister Ananga Sivier. And we come together weekly on Skype to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you, and often answer listener questions from our inbox and Facebook page. Together, Ananga and I are armed with a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety. We like to mix up a potent blend of coaching, storytelling, Ayurveda, yoga, guided relaxations, and EFT tapping, along with our many, many years of personal experience. And today, we're addressing how you can break free. From negative thoughts. Welcome, Ananga. Hi, Shan. So let's talk about negative thoughts and how they can increase anxiety.
1: Yeah, I think negative thinking is a really sneaky culprit behind the scenes of anxiety because negative thoughts are a big block on our hope about recovery and they really squash our sense of possibility about things to try and things we might be able to do to help ourselves feel better or even just the notion that we can be better. So negative thoughts can make any positive change seem almost pointless. Sometimes you can't see the value in small steps or you feel too overwhelmed to take big steps. And so you you get a sense of feeling really stuck. Mm, I
0: know exactly what that feels like. Well, I think that it would be helpful to share some examples of of the negative thoughts that come up.
1: Yeah, I think the most common one or the one we spot the most readily are the what-if thoughts. Uh things like what if I'm never free of anxiety what if I never get better what if I'm going crazy what if my friends think I'm being dramatic these kind of thoughts where we start questioning things and sometimes they're just running there in the background and we don't know they're there but I think of the types of negative thoughts they're the easiest to spot really the most most common ones the other ones to really watch out for are the hope squashing thoughts thoughts like this always happens to me. You know, when you just have a sense of, or oh, maybe this will work, maybe I could try this, or that's a, a good story of somebody else's recovery that we might find hope or inspiration in, but our mind says, well, that might work for other people, but it's not going to work for me. Those kind of thoughts, those are thoughts I've definitely had to work on for myself. Sometimes our mind will tell us that something that you hear is very effective. It's too simple. Or my anxiety is different. That's okay for them. This is me. This is different. Or sometimes we just feel every day is awful and it's not going to get any better. Whatever help or hope might come our way, it's kind of pinging off this shield that we have, this belief that I'm stuck with this. Mm,
0: you know, it really struck a chord when you were talking about that's too simple and my anxiety is different. I had a client that I spoke with last week that was absolutely certain EFT could do no good for her. It was too simple. And that was that. She was certain of it. And so I helped her wrap her heart and mind around that the best I could and took her in a different direction because she was already in that place where this isn't going to work for me. And we were able to smooth things out a bit, but she was in that groove. And so I'm glad you brought that up because all of us can go to that place where we feel like My particular form of suffering or my anxiety is different than everyone else and and this isn't going to work. But the fact of the matter is that's just not true.
1: No, that's the mind playing tricks and it's interesting. You use the word groove then and this thing where our mind runs like a record and the pickup on the record. What do you call those things many years ago? Stylus? Mm-hmm. yeah the little stylus on the record it's going around its groove and it's playing its tune but we have to be really careful with our mind because our mind likes those grooves and it likes to create old records in our head and it will just jump back right back in that pattern and play it every time these negative thoughts go round and round in our head like old records so we have to practice becoming aware of them and nudging the stylus on to a different track nudging it onto a better place where we can choose different thoughts but we certainly get stuck in these thought grooves and it's something to look out for
0: it is because then we start dwelling on how we feel and we've talked about this before when we discuss mindfulness and and the two arrows there's a situation that comes up for us and then we add our thoughts and feelings about the situation and then and then the next thing you know we are in all of this pain the mind really really can play tricks on us
1: yeah it's the mind's nature to suffer over its suffering and this is something we spoke about in the past when we spoke about the excellent mindfulness writings of Vidyamala Birch. She's an incredibly courageous woman who teaches mindfulness for pain relief and she's in a wheelchair from a spinal injury from a car accident when she was a a young student and she's living with spinal damage and spinal pain which I'm told can be one of the most difficult to endure pains her whole life and she works with this principle of There's the fact of our suffering, and it works exactly the same with anxiety. We have the pain, we have the anxiety, and that's bad enough, that's hard enough. But then there's what our mind does with that when we start to suffer over our suffering. And this is something I was recently reminded of when I had an infected wisdom tooth, which was causing me incredible pain, and I had to keep stopping myself Getting stuck in the pain instead of just letting the pain be this thing of, oh God, are are the painkillers not going to work? When's it going to stop? When's it going to go? You know, this is it going to get worse? I don't know how long I can cope with this. I'm going out of my head with pain here. These kind of thoughts where where we have the suffering over our suffering. And it happens so readily with anxiety where we have this, you know, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I'll ever get better. All All these thoughts and beliefs around it and Extra pain we put on ourselves of the mind suffering over its suffering.
0: Let's talk about some coping methods that help when we're caught in these loops of negative thinking.
1: Well, here we go with the first one that's really simple. So (laughs) you've got to really get your intelligence to convince your mind to do it. It's so simple and so effective, and that is write your thoughts down. The reason it helps is it helps get your thoughts out of your head. When your subconscious mind is running in the background of your head. Sometimes we're not even consciously aware of what it's saying. It's the subconscious mind. It's running its patterns, but it's causing us pain. We're having physical reactions to it and uncomfortable emotional responses to it. So externalizing your negative thoughts, getting them out on the page, gives you a chance to express them clearly, to get more specific, instead of letting them seep into your thinking where they just make you feel bad and you might not know why.
0: Writing your thoughts down is one of the best possible coping methods that we could share for sure. I've been doing that for years and asking clients to do the same. I know you have. It's such a great way for us to really see what's going on. And then if we need to, we can talk through them with a friend, get some supportive feedback. This is something that we can look over and and question what we've written and really dive deep and say, is this really true? Is there anything that I can do about this? And is this really true? It makes me think of Byron Katie and her work, really digging in and and finding out, is this true? Is this happening? Or is my mind making this up? And then, of course, we often mention and recommend EFT tapping to diffuse what you've written down in in your journal. And that is very supportive as well.
1: Yeah first thing to externalise the thoughts, it's like you're really shining a light on those dark areas of your mind and saying, okay, what exactly is going on in here? You're putting some light and some clarity on the situation. And as you just said, once you've done that, you've got a variety of ways you can choose to deal with it. You can talk it through with a friend. It's really good to get specific, as as you said, with uh, Byron Katie's work. Also with NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, one of their core methods for dealing with unwanted thoughts, troubles with the mind, is to really get specific and start asking questions. Is this really true? Is it always true? Can you think of a time when it isn't true? And then you just start looking at places of leverage, areas where you can do something about it. And EFT tapping is definitely an incredibly effective way of diffusing negative thoughts because often what we're dealing with here are beliefs. And one of my first uh, very convincing experiences with EFT was Tapping for beliefs, and as you just had with your client last week, when I used to teach EFT at public health shows, often we would meet people who thought it looked ridiculous, which it does, or it looked too simple, or it didn't make sense to them. So sometimes we would just get them to tap for that, and I'm sharing this just as an example of how clever EFT is at working with our beliefs. If somebody really doesn't believe it can help them, and they apply EFT tapping for, even though I totally don't believe this can work for me, even though it looks stupid, even though it might work for others, but I really don't think it's going to help me. These are all beliefs, and when you apply EFT tapping to those beliefs, a chink in the window opens and some light comes in, and you think, why not give it a go? Why not try it? So for me, when I first learned EFT, I had a really nasty headache one day, and I'd been working with other people with pain, and I'd seen EFT reduce their pain. And I was driving home in the car and I had to pull the car over because my head started to really hurt. So I thought, I'll do some tapping, try this EFT tapping for pain, seen it work for other people. And immediately I became aware it wasn't working. And I whittled it down to the fact that I really didn't think it would work. I thought my headache was different. I thought it was more persistent. And I was having this, it might work for others, but I don't think it's going to work for me. So I tapped for that even though I don't think EFT can help my headache. And immediately it started to ease just from dislodging that belief. So very powerful.
0: Well, and a great example of those hope squashing thoughts mm-hmm. where, you, where you think that you're different from, from anybody else or anyone else's experience. So I love that you shared that. The other coping method that I think is really smart is setting up thought checking points during your day. want to speak a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, it's really good to just get into the habit of checking in on your thoughts. You know, we're reading so many articles now on the internet about neuroplasticity. Dr. Lisa Rankin's talking about this mind over medicine. What goes on in our heads has a profound impact on our physiology, on our biology, on our future health, what to speak of our mental suffering. So really great to just keep an eye on your thoughts So you could use a timer for example, you could set a timer on your phone or a clock to go off maybe every hour, maybe every half an hour, depends how intensively you want to do it and the idea is when that alarm goes off you stop and you ask yourself what am I thinking right now and jot it down. You just keep doing that several times a day and have a look at the end of the day. What are your persistent thoughts? Another way you can do it is to use actions to catch yourself. Check in on what you're thinking when you're cooking, what are you thinking when you're taking a shower? washing dishes, different repetitive actions that you perform throughout the day, things that you do regularly make a point of stopping and checking with yourself. I was really shocked when I checked what I thought in the shower. A few years back a distant family member was behaving in a way that I thought was particularly non-compassionate towards another family member. It was really out of order, really awful. And I was arguing with that person in the shower for two weeks before I realized that I didn't want that person in the shower with me.
0: <laughs> right, right. Oh, I love that. That's, I that's awesome. I
1: didn't want them anywhere near me. What to speak of in the shower? And, you know, I'd go in there and I'd be like, wow, you—you you know, what about this? And you said that. And this is so unjust. And I realized that those quiet moments of bathing and doing different things around the house for me were when my seething injustices would bubble up to the surface. and Now I make a point of, you know, to bathe or do those things. I try and make it as relaxing as I can, really try and use it as a, as a break, as a downtime Mm -hmm. activity. But uh, I I was surprised. I really caught myself out there. Well, and that's such a
0: great, again, another great example of, of what happens and the reality of, of what happens and, and mindfulness, how important it is for us to check in no matter what, whether we're suffering from anxiety or just living our lives and and feeling really good about things to be mindful is just so very important for our health. As you know, Ananga, I have a mindfulness bell on my phone and it's uh, this beautiful chime that I I love to hear when it it goes off. I never am sure when it's going to go off. I have it set between like 9am and 9pm and the whole purpose of the bell is when you hear it to tune into what's going on in your life. What are you doing? What are you thinking? Uh, Where are you? And are you present? And it's really made a difference. And now my husband even has it on, on his phone, which is funny. And he just, he hears it and he just takes a deep breath and gets centered. So this, these checkpoints are so important. And yeah, if, if there's a battle going on in your shower or while you're taking a hot bath, it's time to eradicate that <laughs> yeah. at all costs
1: so that you can enjoy relaxing Absolutely. instead of being in a in a war in your own mind. Absolutely. Unless we stop and look, we don't know. And if you think about it, you take your car to the garage and they say, let's have a look. You go to the doctors with a problem. Let's have a look. You go to the dentist. It's all about looking. Let's have a look at what's going on. You know, a child falls over and hurts themselves let's have a look. Let's have a look at that and see what we need to do. We need to learn to look at our mind. We're not our minds and our intelligence is situated beyond the mind and the Vedas teach, which is the source of Ayurvedic medicine, that beyond that is the soul. So it's good to know that your mind is not in charge. It tries to be, but it isn't. It's lower down in the the food chain, in the hierarchy in your head. The mind is below the intelligence and ultimately below the soul. So when we can learn to use our intelligence to study the mind, to have a look, to see what's going on in there, and to see what can I change, and always to look for positive things, things you can improve because that's where your power is.
0: Well said. I agree with you 100%. This has been a great conversation today, Ananga. I'm so glad that we brought negative thoughts forward and shared some coping methods and hope that each and everybody listening comes away with some supportive ideas and how you can really get hold of this. And mindfulness is a big part of that. Journaling is another part of that. Of course, EFT tapping. So thank you for listening to Anxiety Slayer. We love supporting you. We will continue to answer your listener questions. And Ananga, thank you.
1: Thank you, Jen.
0: Do you often feel anxious about driving? Anxiety Slayer just released the Overcome Your Fear of Driving Anxiety Relief Pack. Visit the Slayer store today at anxietyslayer.com to help you get behind the wheel more confident, calm, and in control.